0: This is a Dynamic Network Podcast. Welcome to the Senjo World Podcast. I'm your host, Zach, and this is a podcast where I take two anime characters, pit them against each other in a thousand simulated fights to see who would win. And this week's episode, I am bringing Rukia Kuchki. She is the current captain of the 13th division. She formerly served as a lieutenant of the 13th division under captain Ukitake. Rukia is the adopted sister of Fyakia and friend of Ichigo and is married to Renji Abarai. And she is one of the main characters in Bleach. She's been around since the beginning of Bleach. She plays more of a background role later on but she's still part of most of the stories. And she is a Ice user. She will be going up against S-Death and Esteth is from Akamega Kill. Esteth was a high-ranking general of the Empire. Due to Night Raid's effectiveness at Assassination Unit, she becomes the leader of the Jaegers under the order of the Prime Minister. And she was also deeply in love and obsessed with Tatsumi, who is kind of the main character of the whole story. So, but yeah, we'll get into that in a little bit. I'm gonna give you a quick rundown on their backgrounds and their powers and abilities, then I'm gonna do a speculation, and then we'll get into the results to find out who actually wins between Rukia and Esteth. So let's start with Esteth. Esteth was born in the northern frontier lands and is the sole remaining survivor of her village, the Partos clan. She spent most of her childhood in the north with her tribe and was very close with her father, the clan chief due to the death of her mother at the hands of a superclass danger beast. She was a skilled and formidable fighter even at such a young age. Whenever she caught prey for the tribe, her father would begin gutting the creature without killing it. Due to this, she became comfortable with the idea of inflicting pain on living things. However, her father was worried that this might cause her to lose something that she can't regain. But for her to survive, this was fine with him. Her father told her that in the north, the strong live and the weak die, a creed she kept close to her heart. One day, she returned from an outing to find her tribe destroyed with everyone else dead or dying. Her father was mortally wounded and soon passed away in her arms. From that day on, she vowed to herself to become stronger. Later, she joined the Empire's military, rising through the ranks rapidly, and at some point the Prime Minister allowed her to choose a Tegu. So, Tegus are mysterious and extremely powerful relics that exist in the world of a Kill. They are rare, and only the strongest of warriors are able to wield them. Some have the appearance of equipment or weapons, while others appear to be living creatures, It is implied that some form of magic was used to create them, right? So basically that's where they get most of their abilities from are their tegus. She noticed one that was chained off from the others and felt that it was calling for her and she chose it. Instead of drinking one glass, which would have been enough, she drank the whole thing and after taming the tengu, Esteth would gain the title of Strongest in the Empire. At some point later, she would become aware of General Liver's incarceration and freeze him. Later, she would be ordered by the Empire to go with Boss and make an example of the Ban Tribe that has risen in rebellion against the Empire. Using her mastery over ice, she froze an entire river that cut her army off from the tribe's main village. And use this makeshift ice bridge to cross over and defeat them, capturing their leaders. She then ordered her army to violate this town until they were satisfied resulting in mass murder of civilians as well as the burning of the village to the ground. She forced the leaders to watch their village violated to encourage future insubordination to the Empire. Sometime after this, she is told to go subjugate the Northern tribe. Her forces defeated them faster than anyone expected. During this conquest, she buried 400,000 of its people alive and broke the hero Numa Seika's sanity. And pride, forcing him to strip naked and lick her boots before killing him. Following her return to the capital, Esteth stated that she wished to try her hand at falling in love. She provides a list of short but incredibly specific qualifications to the Empire and the Prime Minister. At the end of the series, after the Supreme Tengu had fallen, Esteth and Akame are still fighting with the latter covered with her blood. Akame tells her that the empire had fallen which Esteth agrees to and says that this is now her battle. Esteth charges at Akame but she blocks and tries to counterattack, forcing Esteth on the defensive. Esteth notes that Akame is adapting countermeasures against her and is even reacting to her attacks. So she will have to start to outplay her as well. She excitedly thinks that this is her favorite dance that she just loves. Eventually Akame begins to become exhausted but Nagenda and the Revolutionary Army arrive to help defeat Estef. Nagenda claims that they will defeat her in a war of attrition, but Esteth is still confident that she could win and activates her final trump card, Ice Storm Commander-in-Chief, by sacrificing her ice cavalry and covering a large part of the Empire in ice and snow. The new wielder, Belvac, along with several other soldiers, try charging at Esteth, but are quickly frozen. Enjoying Nagenda's reaction, she challenges the revolutionary army to try and defeat her. She begins slaughtering the soldiers until Tatsumi, who has now become a tyrant, attacks her directly. Despite this, she still manages to kill countless soldiers, including multiple Tengu users. During the fight, she casually raises her hand in the air and Akame immediately Takes advantage of this and cuts her arm. Esteth quickly uses Maha Padma to stop the poison from spreading and, and amputates her arm. While Maha Padma is still effective, Tatsumi tries to attack her, but she counters with an ice blade and injures Tatsu. Seeing that Esteth was missing an arm, the revolutionary army charges at her, but to no avail. Just before she kills another Tengu user, she notices Akame activating her trump card, Little Warhorn. Akame attacks her again, surprising Esteth with her new speed and power. Esteth creates a wall to separate the two from the rest of the army, saying that she doesn't want to be interrupted. Seeing Akame begin to tire, she drops her rapier and creates an ice golem with her inside of it so she wouldn't be able to cut her. When Akame cuts through the ice, Esteth breaks out and catches the sword and proceeds to shatter it. Akame quickly picks up Esteth's sword and stabs Murasame's handle, which pushes the broken blade into Esteth's chest. After being stabbed, she admits that she let her focus slip from Murasame after she had destroyed it. She looks up into the air and notices Tatsumi was still alive. She fully admits defeat, and in her final moments she thinks about how she failed to make Tatsumi look at her, and that this failure was her last and only regret. Estes' powers and abilities are superhuman physical characteristics, she is a master swordsman, she is master hand-to-hand combatant. She has ice manipulation, she has weather manipulation, temperature manipulation, empowerment, durability negation, don maku, summoning, pressure points, extra sensory perception, flight, aura, after images, analytical prediction. And that is S. Death's powers and abilities. So. She is essentially the main protagonist, or antagonist, of Akamega Kill. So, yeah, she's all around a badass. She can make armies on her own, technically. She can freeze an entire river, right? She's, She's pretty badass. But the character she's going up against is also pretty badass. Like I said at the beginning, she's a mainstay in... Bleach, she's been around from the beginning. She's the one who initially gives the main character his powers. So, let's get into Rukia Kuchki's background. So, approximately 150 years ago, Rukia and her older sister, Isana, were brought together to Inzuri in the 78th district of the Rukongai, after they died in the human world. Unable to live there while caring for a child, Hisana abandoned Rukia when she was still a baby. Rukia grew up on her own for a considerable amount of time. One day, Rukia tripped an adult who was chasing Renji's group of friends and urged them to follow her to avoid losing the water they had stolen. Rukia joins their groups, becoming their spiritual leader and they live together as a family. They all hated Inuzuri and the people there. Rukia exhibited some spiritual power during this time. Ten years after Rukia joined the group, with all of their friends dead, Rukia proposed they become Shinigami and live in the Tank, noting she had heard it was pretty there. Renji agreed with her. As they were gifted with spiritual powers, they entered the Shino Academy with ease where they struggled to stand out from those from noble families. The night before the welcoming ceremony for the new students of the academy, against Rukia's advice, Renji slept in a tree. The following morning, he fell out of the tree and landed on a headstone where a startled Izuru, Kira, had been praying, for which Rukia scolded him months after entering the academy, Renji scolded Rukia for still not fitting in, informed her he was going to the human world for field training to practice konso for the first time. Rukia complained about this being unfair, but Renji retorted that it is about talent and that he will get stronger. Rukia said she will show him she is the stronger one, but trailed off. One day, Byakuya Kuchki informed Rukia that the Kuchki clan was interested in adopting her and having her graduate immediately to be assigned to the 13th division. In the middle of this meeting, Renji burst into the room to tell her that he had passed an important exam. Disappointed with the interruption, the nobles left and Rukia told Renji of their offer, which he congratulated her on. Rukia thanked him and left. Rukia was told Byukia adopted her into the Kuchiki family due to her similarity to Kisana, who he had married. Rukia was admitted to the 13th Division without taking their entrance exam. On her first day in the division, she was shown into a room by fellow Shinigami, whom she told to treat her like any other new recruit. After he left, she heard him and others talking about her and the favoritism shown to the nobles. Rukia was disappointed it was like that there as well. Lieutenant Shiba entered the room, introduced himself, and scolded her for her weak reply. Rukia was deeply happy she could have a normal relationship with her superior, rather than being treated as a special. That evening, Rukia reported to Byakuya her first day had ended peacefully, and she did not attain a seated officer position but Byakuya asked her to leave. Later, Rukia, becoming Kion's assistant, went on a mission to the human world. During her time in the 13th division, she became friends with Kayan. One day, seeing she was gloomy, Kayan told her as long as she was in his division, he would stand by her, even if he died. They were interrupted by a drunk Kion and Centaro who tried to encourage her. Kayen mentored Rukia, teaching her how to fight. Their first training location was Mount Kiyofushi of Hakutan, the third district of the West Rukongai, where Kayen taught her about the concept of heart. He was present when she learned her shikai's first two dances. So a shikai is essentially the second form of their zanpakuto and their zanpakuto being their swords right and and the name of her shikai is sode no shirayuki which essentially just means sleeves of white snow and the blade becomes all white and it gets this like little attachment to the end of the hilt this like long kind of white ribbon and it is stated to be the most beautiful Zanpakuto. Rukia greatly admired Kayen's wife, third seat, Miyako, wanting to be like her someday. When Miyako was killed by a Hollow, Rukia, Kayen, and Utatake went to its lair. She offered to go first in order to scout out its abilities, but Kayen asked to face the Hollow alone. When its special ability destroyed Kayen's Zanpakuto, Rukia attempted to help but was stopped by Utatake. He told her Kayen's fight was one of honor rather than a fight for his life. If she were to help, Kayen's life would be saved, but his honor would be forever damaged. After protesting this, Rukia reluctantly obeyed his order. However, the hollow entered Kayen's body, possessing him. The hollow attempted to attack Rukia, but Utatake blocked it and sent Rukia away as he fought. Afraid to fight it, she obeyed but came back because she wished to help Kayan and was afraid to face her cowardice in the future. As it leaped at her, she noted it was no longer Kayan. Unable to bear seeing him like that, she stabbed Kayan. He thanked Rukia and apologized for dragging her into it. Kayan died in Rukia's arms. Rukia brought the corpse to the Shiba family estate but was afraid to apologize out of guilt from her role in Kayan's death. 40 years after her adoption into the Kuchki clan, Kion and Sentaro informed Rukia she had been assigned to the human world. Rukia thought this was a transfer order, which Kion denied, reminding her of her previous mission to the human world, which Rukia still failed to remember. Udutake told her she was being assigned to Katakura Town for one month which should be easy for her. Rukia thanked him for telling her, Udatake asked if she had told Byakuya about it, but she stated he would not wish to be bothered with such a minor thing. Udatake offered to tell him for her, which Rukia thanked him. So at the end of the series, 10 years after Kyuhaba defeat, Rukia is inaugurated as captain of the 13th division. Immediately afterwards, she, Renji, and Ichika depart for Katakura Town in order to visit the Kurosaki clinic. Rukia greets Ichigo and her her human friends, and Ichigo wonders about the absent Ichika. Rukia flippantly guesses that she is getting into fights, which shocks Ichigo, causing the two to have an argument. Rukia later accompanies the other captains to Udatake's grave to perform the Konso Reisai where she and the others see Jigoku no Rinki floating around the gravesite and learn from Sonsui that the ritual serves to send the deceased captain's soul to hell. A distraught Rukia confronts Sonsui over this revelation, and the captain commander clarifies that even though he only discovered it recently he can sadly confirm it is the truth to further her distress and that is where i left off in bleach so rukia's powers and abilities are her soul physiology and shinigami physiology she is an expert swordsman. She has memory manipulation. She has healing, ice manipulation, temperature manipulation, enhanced absolute zero, enhanced durability negation, and limited sealing. She has matter manipulation, and limited immortality, limited weapon creation, enhanced non-physical interactions, limited power nullification limited vibration manipulation and limited earth manipulation limited light manipulation limited thread manipulation and paralysis inducement lightning manipulation enhanced energy projection fire manipulation and enhanced damage boost so all those Random powers that she has are all come from Hado and Hado is basically like spells that the Shinigami use so she is mm, She does use Hado a lot, but she is like her main powers Are ice She is another ice based character and yeah, and that is Rukia's powers and abilities. So Yeah, this is gonna be an interesting fight. They're both Ice users, both Swordswomen, it's going to be a good fight. Like, I'm super excited to figure out who wins this one. So, so, with that all out of the way, let's jump into our speculation. So, the speculation is just something cool that I can do where I can imagine how one of these thousand fights could potentially play out. And the speculation actually has no impact on the actual results that we get. It's just something, like I said, cool that we can do to just imagine how these, one of these fights could possibly go down. So with that all out of the way, these two characters face off, they're about, they're about twenty-five meters apart, and I think that S death would more than likely go first. So S death S death starts the fight by just conjuring like a whole bunch of like ice shards, kind of like ice bullets, and just launches them at Rukia. Okay, so, with Rukia's experience of fighting all those Quincy's, right, she easily just dodges a bunch of them and then and she just creates a shield of ice just to, you know, block the rest of the shards. So, Estes sees this little like, shield pop up and she's like, huh, you use ice. So, She actually ends up creating a spear that just kind of pops through like using the ice that Rukia created. Making a spear that just kind of shoots out towards Rukia. Now Rukia being alive for a couple hundred years, no slouch to combat, sees this spear coming at her and quickly reacts by blocking it. And just using like the force to kind of just push herself away. She then tries to just speed blitz Esteth with one quick slash trying to freeze her in place. Now Esteth herself is no slouch either and easily blocks this attack with her own sword. And Esteth's sword is her Tengu, which is actually called Demon's Extract. So she blocks the attack as Rukia kind of passes and... And she follows up and she just creates this giant ice ball and just starts dropping it onto Rukia. She's trying to get the hell out of here. She wants to go see Tatsumi. So Rukia sees this ice ball coming and she's like huh. So she does one of her dances and creates a kind of ice pillar that basically just holds up, hold up the ice ball that's just about to crush Rukia and then she follows up with another dance where she stabs the ground five times and shoots out, you know, five ice blades and sends them directly at Estes. So Estes sees these like ice slashes coming towards her and she goes and she creates her own wall of ice to kind of block them, right? And. Then she follows up by charging in and just tries to slash Rukia across the chest. So Rukia sees Esteth coming in with this slash and she puts up her sword to guard. And then she follows up with a quick parry and then goes in to slash. And Esteth, you know, they just start clanging in swords and they're doing, you know, the typical quick pace. You know, sword clash, anime fighting. So you know they've been clashing swords for you know a minute or two, and Rookie is just fed up with this. So she shoots a fire hado at Esteth, trying to make space, having Esteth dodge the attack, and she goes bon kai, haka no tago man. So she just gets enveloped in this white, Japanese-style dress that I believe is made out of ice, to a degree? And she uses her ultimate attack, freezing everything in this giant blast, just freezing S-Death. And after S-Death is frozen, the ice just shatters, and S-Death is no more. Or, Esteth sees this, you know, white wave just coming towards her and she ends up actually just creating this spherical shield around her, fully enclosing her in her own ice. So while inside of her little ice, you know, dome shield, it's starting to get colder and colder so she decides to summon a bunch of little ice soldiers and they all Just surround Rukia, and just stab her, because Rukia is at quite a disadvantage when she uses that final move, and Rukia is dead. So, I think that's a very good place to end this speculation. Either Rukia freezes and shatters Esdeth, or Esdeth is able to protect herself and summon her ice soldiers, and they skewer Rukia. I think it's a very good place to end this speculation. So, this was um, an interesting matchup, right? They're both quite powerful in their own right. But yeah, I don't know. I'm interested. I'm, I'm very curious to see who wins this. So, let's get into the results. Alright, so the winner between Esteth and Rukia Kuchki is... SDEF coming in with a whopping 687 wins to Rukia's 313 wins. Which I'm quite surprised, but let's you know break it down and get to the bottom of this. So, so Rukia is faster. We obviously know that leech characters are fast as hell. Physically S-Death has a bit of an advantage there, right? But you mainly see both of them using their swords and ice powers. Durability is definitely... S-Death definitely has the advantage there, right? With Rukia being beat up quite often. We've seen her get beat up a lot. Damage. Both their damage potentials are basically the same. They both can do the same stuff right? Both control ice. Esteth has a bit of advantage in range. Being able to, you know, freeze a complete lake. Rukia, I don't think we, she hasn't really done anything to that extent. She can freeze a lot of stuff, but I just don't think to the range that Esteth can. Intelligence-wise, they're equal. They are on par. Rukia's been around for hundreds of years. Esteth is kind of the sadistic general you know so they're about even intelligence wise fighting skill rukia i gave rukia the advantage because she has also been around for hundreds of years and been using her sword for almost as long right stamina is about the same esteth has the advantage in perception and rukia has complete advantage when it comes down to hacks. So, yeah, that's pretty much what it is. Esteth winning with 68.7% to Rukius 31.3%. I'm very, very shocked. But hey, that's the whole point of this, is to get down to the gritty and get the, you know, get the answer and figure out who would actually win. So. Alright, so with that out of the way, I actually special guested on the Simping for Senpai podcast, and that came out yesterday, so make sure you go check them out, they're on Spotify, Google, wherever you get your podcasts, Simping for Senpai, and we had a nice discussion, we did a little review on Hitman Reborn, so if you're interested Go check them out, and while you're at it, go check out the Senjo World social medias at the Senjo World podcast on Instagram, X, Facebook, and on YouTube it's Senjo Plays. And this podcast is part of the Dynamike Network, so make sure you check out the other shows on the network, the Dynamic Duel. Podcast, Marvel vs. DC, and and they take a Marvel character and pit them up against a DC character and to see who would win. And they also do Marvel and DC related TV shows and movie reviews. And this week they are actually reviewing Harley Quinn season four. And also make sure you check out the Max Destruction Podcast, where they take two action movie heroes and pit them against each other. And they've just wrapped up their first season, so they're taking a few weeks off, and then they'll be back. But you should definitely go check out their show and all their backlogged episodes. We have some cool ones like B.A. Baracus versus Action Jackson, Sarah Connor versus Ellen Ripley, Zoro versus Spartacus, Blade versus Riddick, right? They have a whole bunch of cool characters up there, so make sure you go check them out as well. All right, so with that out of the way, I will see y'all next week. Sayonara.